at the request of someone who had raised a question, I had taken out some passages from the mother on counterculture and the drug movement. It's a very interesting subject. We shouldn't go by the name. But meanwhile, just before coming, I had a mail, somebody asking about Guru Purnima. I had forgotten today is Guru Purnima also. The thing is that Shurbindo did not, uh, of course, we'll probably at some other time speak at length. Uh, but Shurbindo himself wrote in one of the letters that it is not usual to give this name in the integral yoga. It's very interesting. We see that like Sri Krishna, it's very difficult to put Shurbindo in a slot. He is the guru, of course, to those who treat him as a guru or with those he has formed a relation of a guru. But with, in the ashram context itself, we see that he has formed various relations. Prominent among them being, say, he writes to Dilip Kumar Roy, whom I have cherished as a son. Though in general, Shurbindo did not like to be uh, called Abba or Father, which he writes again, he says, I, I am not domesticated. It's not in his... <laughs> he doesn't like to be domesticated. But to someone else, like Niroda, the relation of a friend, intimate friend, which crosses barriers, which we cannot imagine. So there are many things Shurbindo has revolutionized and one of them is the very relation that we always hold with someone who is who comes to us as the master. Because the whole work was that Shurbindo was coming closer and closer to us. Now when we have a guru, there is a pedestal, a seat which we approach, there is a certain degree of awe, maybe fear in the very early stages, respect, but still there was a distance in the relationship. So he comes closer and closer and closer, holds us by the hand, shows us the way, carries us and many other things. As I said, it's a vast subject. We will not touch it casually in just a class meant for something else. But um, with the coming of the mother and with the advent or rather the manifestation of the supermind, we see that she broke even these barriers behind all the relations that human beings have formed with regard to divine beings, both incarnated as well as those who have come to earth from higher planes. Behind all these, there is love. She embodied that love and grace and carried everything in her arms. For her being a guru or being a being of the higher world or divine ad advent avatar was not merely showing the path or helping on the way. She came to carry the whole world on the way. This is something amazing. Second thing or third thing which we notice is that in the old world, there is a lot of emphasis on this. Even now people ask, who is the guru? Who is the guru in this yoga? It's a common question. And there are many answers to it depending on the context and the person's consciousness. There are no fixed answers. But at the same time, in the old world, this relation was, became very prominent because the world was plunged in darkness. So guru literally, if we see the words itself, it means somebody who brings light. So there was no light, it's utter darkness. And the divine though here is hidden behind many, many layers. So one needs someone to necessarily mediate, to carry us, to show us the way, to show us the door, open the door. All this is needed. But what Mother and Shubhinda did is they completely reversed the trend. They established the divine upon the world within the world, right into the material 
dust particles of dust in the very cells they establish the divine presence something which has been never even imagined and thought of so the relation changed the path changed much more than guru it was opening to the divine presence and for that so beautiful and simple just to feel her as the divine embodiment and open to the divine presence and she would carry us on the path in any case she is carrying all of us but of course when we open it makes a huge difference and she didn't come only for just a faithful few as the typical sects form where guru and disciples are there we go to a guru he gives us initiation and there is an order which belongs to this guru each guru has a strip of sky and a strip of land of course there is always a craving for more land and more sky <laughs> but here is someone who is sky and earth together so where is the where is the scope of a sect where is the scope of religion we last time read what mother said that people try to uh, turn they are so stupid that they will turn anything into a religion and they try to do this with shurabindo also but it's impossible so the in the old world all these things had their own place but as we were reading last time the moment the spiritual power or the energy embodied in the guru the consciousness that left that shrine that place was over a period of time slowly slowly first occupied by the human consciousness and then by something dark and dangerous even asuric forces this is what we read last time because he had guru had left a spiritual power and many forces rushed to clamor towards it but not this time because this is not what they want first they have established the supramental force which is which can take in any amount of difficulties and annihilate them and transform them so this is one big difference second the power has not come to withdraw it has come to remain here on earth and that's why shubindo very beautifully some of his letters are so interesting as if he's seeing 100 200 1000 years ahead he says to those disciples who are outside there is a letter where he says there are more disciples outside than in pondicherry this shubindo's letter <laughs> and then he says an advice which he gives them that that is why we advise them because the conditions of the world are not conducive to leading practicing yoga we advise them to return again and again to the central place of influence which is here influence with a capital i now you know it looks like it applies for all time central place of influence so come here as and nowadays many people know it they say we come to recharge our battery and those of us who live here we have another problem the batteries are so much recharged that we need to drain it out <laughs> because that's the principle no if you don't circulate an energy it will uh, otherwise will cause various reactions it's difficult to contain that energy and uh, that's a good way to transit into the topic because soon after 56 the supramental manifestation and 58 when there was a collaboration promised by the material nature we see in the 60s a sudden explosion and this explosion came world over in different ways outside we know that man entered the space age penicillin was discovered which revolutionized the whole field of medical practice and most importantly there arose a revolt amongst the youth of all established norm before that there was a standardized order everywhere this is the role of parent this is of children the teacher this that everything but suddenly that old order was broken 
as a revolt and shubhendra speaks of it in savitri when he speaks about the kingdoms of the little mind and at the end of the rational cycle he says how everything seemed to tumble into a void standardized perfection in which all things were cut and placed by the rational mind that order is broken and we are right now going through a phase of transition when the new has come but we have not yet embodied it still working in our consciousness to prepare us whereas the old is gone so we see all kinds of phenomena which are difficult to understand comprehend and all our ignorant judgments apart they are a necessary phase of transition may be avoidable could have been avoidable but they are the result of this explosion how long will it take for things to settle down well probably the settling process in some levels have started maybe another 100 years maybe couple of generations will be a washout generation who have that new consciousness but they don't know they don't have the developed instruments they don't have the requisite progress to really manifest or express it but that's how progress takes place if we look at the shift from gorilla to man or chimpanzee or whatever we call, like to call fondly but there were 10 subspecies rather nine subspecies before man came and these subspecies took a few million years before finally we had what we call today is the modern man some of them fought some of them almost destroyed each other we read of the fight between the neanderthals and the cro-magnon man a fight almost like the uh, mahabharata war but you know pretty bad on the plains of europe uh, of course not documented there was no history that time and on one side the neanderthals which were wiser little more developed intellectually and the cro-magnon which were more animal like so imagine very difficult who is going to win but eventually both evolved and totally a new species have come today so humanity is bound to go through many of these phases we should not be disheartened and one such form which took place immediately in the 60s was the was what was called in america as the counter culture movement it was a movement against the established culture strangely they were children of rich families who took to the streets who started leading not just a bohemian lifestyle bohemian lifestyle had been there since quite some time but literally if i have to use an expression like the sadhus in india in fact the new york times which reported first time on this hippie movement they said they seem to derive their inspiration from the sadhus in india because they were living long hairs not taking bath smoking chillam wearing any kind of dress sometimes no dress and just moving around like free birds so this is how they were living their life and it was an expression of breaking down of the barriers which the old world order had created they were basically gentle people but they didn't know how to revolt that's the time we see beatles and all this uh, you know many many things came the the so called new age music all this now is gradually settling down and we shall see how it's happening so i thought we'll read what mother has spoken about it and it's in sequence so first is 1960 november 13 1960 and the mother obviously referring to this youth though if we see the original history we'll see the counter culture movement started in 63 around that though the seeds were sown earlier but in 60 the mother is saying 
lots of people from the united states are coming here at the moment and they bring news of an appalling crisis over there a crisis of discouraged pessimism the whole youth seems to be in a woeful state of depression and discouragement they have they, they were feeling an anguish uh, this we don't accept but what is it what should be there in place to replace it looking at the world scenario it was very depressing they have discovered all that was hollow false unreal in the old way of seeing life i think one of the um, tuesday sharings we were talking about the spiritual crisis which many people experience and they experience it as depression and they they come thinking it's depression it's not depression not that all depression is a spiritual crisis <laughs> logic doesn't work both ways but at least there are a substantial number of young people whom i have met personally who are actually going through an existential crisis they are done with the old world they don't like the ways of the world but they don't know what to do they shout at their parents they scream at the teachers and they have no other yardstick all the old great idols and values have been which mankind cherished are broken so she says they have discovered the falseness the unreality the hypocrisy if you like the duplicity and they haven't found anything to replace it with this is what i meant the the transition moment which may stretch maybe for 100 years god knows a few rare individuals we get their letters or they come here say that they came across shorbindo's teaching and found it to be the salvation but they are very few and the majority of people don't understand they don't have the intelligence needed to understand so it's like an explosion and man's mind is not ready they don't have the intelligence they are not ready to grasp what shorbindo has got and they could feel the power feel something changing inside and the first effect was breakdown of the old constructs partly the two wars had also done it so everywhere they are sinking back there has been an effort to emerge from that exclusive search for personal satisfaction and is it has led to extravagances but now the very absurdity of these extravagances has become apparent these extravagances are obviously the hippie way of life and uh, later on but the mother says something very interesting but that's in late 60s she says if you have this thirst this need for something for a love which you don't find for a perfection which is not here that something which you need but you cannot define she says then even the extravagances of an american youth are a path it's in reference to this movement which had started that this need is important rest doesn't matter so she has changed the entire spiritual history and geography so they are sinking back very deep and they haven't found they haven't found the true path because it's not a mental path so all the mental ways the traditional ways you go to this you meet a guru who will give you diksha it's gone none of the paths which have been there can lead us to that state they, she has brought the divine right here it's not that we have to withdraw into some deep caves it's something very interesting as we read through everywhere there is still the cult of the mind that's the terrible thing so there were several types of resistances which came in the from the old world 
one of them was from the mind then there was from the matter itself which mother has recounted at great length and then of course we have the resistances from the vital and this is what we are reading today the vital world is very deceptive it it says okay there is a new consciousness a new power which will transform this world okay i am going to transform it by magic so it the magic that was born in that age when this all this started age means 60s was drugs and hallucinations that's how the vital works then in 64 again the mother brings back this topic but according to what people tell me who listen to the radio or read the newspapers then she adds none of which i do <laughs> the whole world is undergoing an action and there is a reason why she doesn't do we will read that which for the moment is unsettling so we see that now that ripple has started even in india we feel the heat and everybody feels unsettled ghor kalyug has come as if bride burning and dowry was not kalyug when children speak openly that is kalyug as long as children smoked behind and brought a very sadhu bachcha face to the parents they were very nice or they were eyeing on the property but polished the parents kept them in good humor for the money which they will get after death that was satyug now there is kalyug because they say openly and frankly dad you are wrong so you know it's always unsettling but then truth has no norms it acts in freedom it seems that the number of apparently mad people they were called as mad many were arrested when this counterculture movement came many were arrested some were put in asylums this is a fact in the communist countries because they started a new left there is a term which they coined where instead of economic revolution they spoke of social revolution so it was not the leftist ideology of the communist marxist type but a new left they said society must end these disparity there should be equality etc so they were put in prisons in the communist countries though they claimed themselves to be the new left so the apparently mad people is increasing considerably in america for instance all the youth seemed to be seized with a kind of curious giddiness which for reasonable people would be disquieting but which is a sure indication that an uncommon force is at work it is the disruption of all habits and all rules the mother pauses and says it's good when the divine says it's good we cannot imagine so i'll read this again uncommon forces at work it is the disruption of all habits and all rules it's good for the moment it's a bit strange but it's necessary so this is the she spoke about the counterculture but then as i said soon something came crept from the side doors that was the vital so in that counterculture movement came lsd swiss psychologist had discovered lsd and he said wow because they started turning towards spiritual things perhaps people may not know but it's it's very funny very strange that one of the first time these people took to the streets this counterculture group they did it with under the high of lsds and can you imagine what and psychedelic lights 
and can you imagine whose photograph or picture was being shown on the screen and whose name was being shouted it's very difficult to imagine they were shouting hare krishna hare krishna it's documented and the picture of krishna was being flashed krishna on times square or wherever in california can we imagine krishna in the midst of all this so it was bound to change but they felt that there is suddenly of course bhakti vedant was there and all this then came tm and mother has her own take on all this but that apart suddenly they were seized by something and in krishna they found an epidome of freedom and they suddenly took to the streets with all these things but this was where falsehood entered so in 66 mother says have you heard of the drugs she is asking the disciple <laughs> have you seen pictures i saw people are hurled utterly defenseless into the lowest vital because when the norms broke like the moses freedom march when slavery was gone the slave said ah we can do anything we like so moses must have pulled his long hairs <laughs> so after 40 days penance he came out with the 10 commandments but now it's a different situation it's like you have to discover the new balance there are no commandments it's like a whole ocean and according to the nature either it is horrifying or they find it marvelous so people give this excuse oh it increases creativity it has nothing to do with the drug enhancing creativity this excuse people give about alcohol also it it simply unleashes what is inside our vital that's all so mother says for instance the fabric covering a cushion or a seat is suddenly filled with marvelous beauty so it lasts for 2 hours 3 hours like that naturally they are quite mad while it lasts and the trouble is that people call it spiritual experiences and there is nobody to tell them that it has nothing to do with spiritual experiences the the man who first described he says i felt a luminous luminosity all around and in that luminosity i saw a fantastic parade and play of beautiful forms and colors and imagine he was driving a motorcycle so it became known by that term uh, not motorcycle cycle the bicycle transformation of bicycle change so strange things were happening around that time and the mother was aware of everything and she was revealing the deep truths if for instance you have a sensation or thought that someone is nasty or ridiculous or doesn't love you it generally surfaces in dreams but with drugs you aren't asleep yet you have the dream they come and play the game of what you thought of them what you thought of them comes up in their form so it's an indication for those who see smiling pleasant beautiful things it means that the inner vital condition is good enough but with those who see terrifying or malicious things it means the vital isn't pretty there was nothing spiritual about it very categorically she made it clear it's your own vital which you are seeing projected and it's no big deal then in 67 still further she says i have had an amusing experience these last 3 days now this is interesting mother doesn't read newspaper she doesn't hear the radio but she has an access of to everything in the world so what happened is somebody sent her a treatise on lsd and she had kept it aside then 
one day then one morning in the morning at the time when i have all my experiences while i was sitting i suddenly felt something so heavy in my head heavy in my chest and odd i had never felt that before and all the sensations had become as if violent so i closed my eyes and an avalanche a stampede of forms sounds colors odors which imposed themselves with a reality and intensities i watched then i said to myself but that's a good way to go insane and i started doing what had to be done for it to stop and i saw it was a magnified faculty of sensation inordinately magnified you understand because the equilibrium between all the faculties of the being had been disrupted she was literally describing what today in modern psychiatry we call as fusion of senses or a disruption of senses so things which you see like the the light we see it but it begins to speak it has a sound so it's very difficult because there is a disruption of the equilibrium and balance so she experienced it and this was the experience described exactly by the first man who took the lsd then this man also described something very interesting that was about the cellular experiences but we'll come to that later the natural equilibrium which makes things balance each other harmonize and organize spontaneously into a coherent whole with a conscious existence was shattered shattered to the benefit of the faculty of sensation so only the senses were active naturally that faculty of sensation was terribly multiplied or aggravated and even imposed itself brutally so normally we are flooded with sensation but the mind acts as a coordinator it integrates balances picks up here there gives the right tone and you colors a picture of reality it's not the ultimate reality but at least it's a reality which we can grasp it's manageable otherwise imagine if we have i mean what she is saying is a well known scientific fact now uh, we can hear only between 20 hertz to 20000 hertz we can see only within a small range of lights which is the seven colors of the spectrum which is a very minuscule of all the lights now imagine if all these spectrum and all these sounds leave aside touch and other sensations burst forth with nothing to integrate them what would happen to us we'll be flooded and we'll be lost and we'll go insane this is what was happening and they thought it's a great spiritual experience of course it broke the barrier of the mind but it's not spiritual but just a aggravation of the entire sensory range so they were entering into other worlds they began to do that some people felt out of body during that phase naturally that faculty of sensation was terribly multiplied or aggravated once i had seen that i didn't give it any more thought then later on i decided i would read these papers i asked pavitra to read them to me pavitra da had got those papers to mother the man described his experiences the first description is just what happened to me so she read it later on she had the experience before that just by thinking about it suddenly because someone brought it into her consciousness it shows how the mother works we have to just bring something to her consciousness and she knows it with total intimacy so i had the experience he had when he took the medicine he described it 
he describes it exactly as i felt it that experience also is there it's exactly how mother is described so i had the experience without swallowing the medicine simply because the consciousness was turned to that so this is the spiritual way of knowing things and she could just tune the consciousness and get that experience but then i understood and those people imagine it's a way to develop human consciousness incidentally there was a what she is referring to is another movement which came during this period which was called as human potential movement which unfortunately if we look at the seeds you will find it connected here but that apart it was a human that human beings have powers in which can evolve but they took this course so she says they think it's the means to develop human consciousness and open it up to unknown horizons the effect is the dislocation of the being's equilibrium so she is very categorically this is not the case this is not the way now we may ask if it's necessary for mankind to fall into general imbalance in order to reach a higher equilibrium she is still toying with the possibility that is it really necessary mother says but it's perfectly clear that one doesn't need drugs in order to have experiences and she gives her own example i didn't take drugs of course that's the mother's subtle humor and very interestingly now we observe the hippie movement what happened they came here also we know they used to stay in park and they were the new untouchables <laughs> so <laughs> no haircut or <laughs> no bath moving around freely so at a distance and many things mother heard their music i mean she is a divine mother so she was observing everything with amusement uh, but now if we read what happened to the hippie movement they will say that most of them the drugs have gone it's like only 10% now of the society takes drugs in india also it would be about 6 to 10% though trends are growing but will stabilize and come down but it's true that while the drug receded the movement got integrated into the larger american society where counterculture has been absorbed and now we see the turning towards spirituality and other things though again in a very very ignorant way but this was the offshoot so she says you don't need drugs now when i read this i feel she was not telling to our disciple but telling to mankind and i always feel that whatever mother has said it's like the gita gita was not given to our disciple called arjuna but to all of mankind which is at that moment of crisis so also when mother says to one disciple she is not telling to one disciple but to all who are open and who are in some way interconnected and that also we'll see later then in 67 again the next month she says have you read this report on lsd what's your impression she is not leaving that subject so the disciple says it's interesting they have experienced that aren't just on the level of brute sensation that drug does release them all the same it releases from the whole habit of formations so all the formations we carry when we are born society mankind this that religion culture it releases so mother says ah yes that surely so see except that there is something it has done but she is not recommending it though she says that it disrupts the being's equilibrium is absolutely without doubt 
and obviously disrupting one's equilibrium may lead you to a higher equilibrium the idea she has toyed with but there is a risk so we see there are people who go through a state of insanity what was known in previous times as luminously mad mother speaks about it and they are not because of drugs but otherwise suddenly the equilibrium is gone and some of these people when their frames are grown even even by spiritual practice they become luminously mad one classic example is pandit gopikrishna who had a spontaneous awakening of the kundalini and he went mad he started experiencing depression too much hunger too many things so there is a letter he wrote to shurbindo of course in the letters on yoga volumes we don't know who wrote but if we go do some research we'll see it is he who wrote and shobindo gives him a guidance but he says i don't undertake this kind of a cases because these are very specialized things and though you can receive my help but this is something uh, which you need to go to a personal guru who will you know it's a occult issue which at this point i won't undertake because my path is different nevertheless he received help and he was cured of it and pandit gopikrishna acknowledges it in his book that he wrote to shirobindo and received help from him so it's very interesting that how shirobindo worked with so many people in so many ways it's probably part of the preparation so she is speaking of that now only that results may be catastrophic enough it could be part of a scientific discipline since this he says that a people who are who want to study it scientifically they should do it but she says very clearly of course just the contact with a small amount of the force from above disturbs many people people's mind so here i think the effect would be very widespread because already the supramental force is active so if people try this way it's dangerous and then the person has given or before that she says it may be necessary in certain cases to disrupt that equilibrium so as to come into contact with something new but that's always dangerous so what is the way this is the way between a general yoga in the world and the yoga which somebody does following the path of integral yoga so she says in the world it may happen that people that normal order of society may break down shubhendu also spoke about it way back and through this madness they may end up discovering the higher equilibrium but she says this is dangerous and the way of consecration and surrender to the supreme power is infinitely superior so she is it's slightly more difficult it's more difficult than swallowing a drug but infinitely superior and then she says of course with her subtle sense of humor which is everywhere we could call it yoga within everyone's reach <laughs> we actually see this happening all kinds of yoga the latest was hot yoga by another indian nice nice fellow bikram something as <laughs> watching the interview but it's very funny what kind of experiment people are doing anyway let's not get into the hot yoga <laughs> i thought it's a bengali it turned out to be bengali who is pronouncing hot as hot but the hot was actually hot so this is of course by the way and this is the result of the action of the force is also without a shadow of doubt so she confirms it that it is because of the action of the force then she mentions something very interesting there are other very interesting experiences there is a burmese 
who has just received a peace prize he has written an article i don't know which language he wrote it in but it has been published in french in a swiss newspaper in which he says that what everybody knows but also what everybody forgets that if all the money wasted on preparing means of destruction were used for the progress of human well-being it could work wonders and he adds for that to be done men nations and men should stop distrusting and fearing each other and should live in the sense of unity and he says if for that human nature has to change it's high time it changed and we must all work for that to be to happen who was this secretary another interesting history 1960 or perhaps 61 i may be mistaken i think 60 he is the third general secretary of united nations who continued for two terms and eventually he was also given a third term but he chose for retirement and he was uthant of course his name was thant u is a honorific added like we have shri so uthant and he became a very beautiful instrument of the divine mother in 1962 not only there was threat of indo china war but few people know that they, the third world war was close on the doorstep one two days away when russians they had already placed cuban missiles in cuba with fidel castro and americans were one step ahead as always so they had already placed missiles in turkey so they were feeling threatened by each other and that time khrushchev had already planned that you know we will send warships and on this side john f kennedy took uthan to show that you know the missiles are deployed now it's going to be launched it was just a push button away from third world war it's now recognized part of documents that they were just going to give uthant who mother appreciate the burmese man he took the initiative he spoke to khrushchev and said are you ready to take away the missiles he said yes if russia is americans take away from turkey so he coordinated and kennedy also was a very interesting instrument of the mother and the mother has said, spoken about him when he died then mother said that it was an occult death like shyama prasad mukherjee it was planned by the adverse forces because he could have been very interesting instrument uh, incidentally kennedy had offered to india a permanent seat in the nsg which india refused he is the man during 62 wars very interesting story when someone indian ambassador went to him during the 62 war and said this is the situation and india is likely to be run over by the chinese you know what he does in midnight around 3 o'clock in the morning he takes out a book from his shelf and said here is an indian telling you people warning against china and you didn't hear it so he said which indian sir we don't know any indian saying that he takes out the human cycle and shows it to the person so the person had not heard that shorbind has said something like this he had heard of shorbind of course then he said sir we don't know but then he said anyways it's a democracy and we must help so imagine shorbindo played a role there indirectly something of shorbindo was present which helped john f kennedy and during that moment next year he defused the vietnam war which was again a massive loss so much protest took place during the vietnam war again part of the counter culture 
partly it was against the Vietnam War, which has its own history, but let's not get into it, because it's a long, uh, we have to take care of the time. It's very interesting to read all these things, how the world was moving at the time and it was averted. But the last interesting thing about Youth Hunt is, does he have an Indian connection? Well, he had a kind of a quasi-guru. He was a practicing Buddhist, but he had a quasi-Indian guru. And he, when his guru died, he, he, this guru became the guru of United Nations. So he asked people to train people in the United Nations. I'll come to the name. <laughs> so <laughs> this guru, uh, he revered him like a guru. And when the guru died, he, Yuthan and his daughter wrote very nice words. Rather, the daughter came because he was sick. Uh, so the daughter said, my father is asked to convey that uh, just like him, uh, both of us carried the same moral and spiritual values and the United Nations is indebted to you for having brought these values to a larger context in the United Nations. Guess who was he? He was an ex-student. <laughs> Sri Chinmoy. I don't know his name. <laughs> here, he would be like, obviously, I mean, Gurudam is not here and mother had told him, if you want to do all this, don't take our name. He regarded Nolnida as his guru. So you can trace the lineage. So in evening talks, Yoravindo makes a very interesting remarks. When somebody asked him about, you know, failures and all this, Yoravindo said, even the failures from here almost became gurus in the outside world. <laughs> this is one classic example. He stayed for 20 years in the ashram, but obviously he must have had his ambitions. He went to America and became a guru to the United Nations. Eventually, mother, he had bhakti for mother. That's a different thing altogether. He has written some nice things to Nalnida, very beautiful book which I have read, which he has, you know, expressed. He was a man of heart. But obviously, somewhere the spiritual ambition to be a guru. But even that was used by the divine. Look at youth hunt becoming a crucial instrument whom the mother appreciates so much. And how Yuthand brings, comes with contact with Sri Chinmoy, who is a disciple of Nalnida, who is a disciple of Sri and of course, who is an ex-student, and how the whole connection is woven. So it's a very interesting story, which we need not go more into details. And mother says, I'm extremely happy to hear this. Here is a man who has caught the true thing. What is the true thing? Change ourselves. No amount of methods, protests, change of governments or legal courses or this course, society, all these social, you know, uh, paintings, this is not going to change. The only thing which will cause a permanent change is the change of human nature. And this is what he said. And then finally, a lot of things but we won't read it. But at the end she says that there is a very great pressure, a sort of intensity of pressure is indisputable everywhere, just everywhere and naturally the reaction of ignorance. And then she says there are various types of people and finally she says among those who aspire, a small number are sincere, serious, level-headed, ready for anything, ready to go slowly to go fast, to do much, to do little, but they are regular and quiet. And finally, a band of people like imbalance, 
and for them it's an opportunity for all kind of crazy things but the pressure of the force is clearly making itself felt everywhere but for us the word is for those who have taken the path of yoga sure bindu always said that the most important but also the most difficult thing is to learn to keep one's balance in intensity and that is where people who seek spiritual experiences ah i had this this is that ah feeling i had this marvelous thing they should be very careful because it's the vital which has stepped front obviously anybody who has taken to inner life will have experiences of various kinds spiritual or inner or whatever but one has to keep the balance remain level headed not become a guru or this or that or start um, drowning in that intensity to have the intensity of aspiration the intensity of effort the intensity of the march forward while at the same time keeping one's balance the balance of perfect peace that's the ideal condition and lastly two more minutes 69 people came to her very close all this culture came the hippies came and they where did they come oroville so this 1969 april 2nd and they came and went into like we are free beings nobody is the ruler here oroville belongs to nobody in particular but to everyone so they said you know we are free and we'll do whatever we want to do so when they came so mother initially didn't want to give any rules but she was compelled to give rules and she said that you know we must strive for order harmony beauty let me just read the last bit yeah just the last bit because it's a, but it's a beautiful passage she says who should come to oroville it applies to ashram also those who are unable or unwilling to adjust to it that means the life here which is she qualifies as a gigantic effort for progress so those who are unable to adjust to the, to the gigantic effort for progress would leave by themselves he says we want to build it so intense that those who are not ready for it would of themselves leave oh this is not what i expected as it is now all those who want an easy life and to do what they please as they please say let's go to oroville it should be just the opposite that time people were saying this to her oh ashram is too intense very difficult too much stress on inner progress consecration surrender let's go to oroville that's an easy place she says it shouldn't be like that it should be just the opposite people should know that coming to oroville means an almost superhuman effort for progress she made a course correction it is the sincerity of her attitude and effort which makes a difference people should feel that insincerity and falsehood have no place here they just don't work you can't fool people who have devoted their entire life to go beyond humanity there is only one way to be convincing it is to be that then we will stand strong we'll have all the divine force on our side the power of the realization of the sincerity of the realization is such that it is unbearable to those who are insincere if in all sincerity we are on the side of the divine we are all we should be that's what shirobindo always said if men only knew this if in all sincerity they give themselves to the divine and side with the divine they become all they should be it may take time 
there may be turmoil and difficulty you must be inflexible i am for the divine and the divine manifestation in spite of everything and anything then it is omnipotence even over death i am not saying tomorrow she is not saying it will happen tomorrow i am not saying immediately but it's a certainty so that's where we'll stop today next week